You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of May 26, 2019. The podcast that's got to get home, pick up the phone. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's patronize the news of the bogus. Chelsea Manning is so much my hero. We've covered how they've arrested her in the wake of the arrest of Julian Assange to try and coerce her testimony before a grand jury. She has refused and said, quote, I would rather starve to death. She spent four years in prison for providing classified information to WikiLeaks, at which point her sentence was commuted by Barack Obama. But after Assange's arrest, she was arrested herself and put in front of a federal district judge in Alexandria, Virginia, where they are threatening to jail her for up to 18 months. She said, quote, I would rather starve to death than to change my opinion in this regard. And when I say that... I mean that quite literally. Unlike a summons and a trial, no one can be forced to testify in front of a grand jury, which is only supposed to look at evidence to see if an indictment is warranted. She's being jailed for contempt of court, but the only purpose of that is to coerce compliance. If it's clear that the person is never going to comply with whatever order the contempt charge is about, they're supposed to be let go. According to her attorney, Maura Meltzer-Cohen, quote, she is not going to cooperate with this grand jury. She knows it. I know it. Her friends and family know it. It's completely unclear what they want her to say to the grand jury that wasn't said during her extensive testimony during her prosecution six years ago. So far, the only questions she's been asked are ones she's already answered. That's never a good sign. If a question is already answered, they can always go back to the record and introduce the prior testimony. Asking a question again? is usually a bad sign. It usually means they want to try to play word games to make it sound like someone's lying when they aren't. Prosecutors have said they don't want to put her back in jail, just use the incarceration to coerce, their word, coerce, her to testify before the grand jury. Yes, they admit they want coerced testimony. I know this sounds a bit conspiratorial, but I'm finding it harder and harder not to be conspiratorial these days. I'm wondering if this wasn't the real reason for Obama commuting her sentence, to get her out, let her taste sweet freedom for a year or two, then, once you've maneuvered things in Ecuador so you can finally get Assange, use the threat of putting her back in prison to get her to testify against him. Good on her, and here's hoping she doesn't have to starve herself or even spend one more day in jail. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. 
Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Here's a growing problem that no one seems to understand why it's happening. Cryptographers are more and more being denied entry into the United States. One of the premier crypto conferences in the world is the RSA Conference. RSA stands for Ron Rivest, Adi Shamir, and Leonard Edelman, the inventors of one of the biggest cryptography innovations ever released to the public. And Adi Shamir, the S himself, wasn't able to go this year because he couldn't get a visa. Shamir is Israeli. The State Department has declined all media requests for comment. In a pre-recorded video he made addressing the conference, he said, quote, I'm a member of the National Academy of Science. I'm a foreign member of the Royal Society. I'm a member of the French Academy of Science. I'm a member of the Israeli Academy of Science. I received the Turing Award, the Japanese Prize, the Israel Prize, and numerous other prizes. If someone like me cannot get a tourist visa from the U.S. in order to give a keynote at the major conference of this field, and it seems like others are having similar problems, perhaps it's time we rethink how and where we have these scientific conferences. Yes, Shamir wasn't the only one. Several others weren't able to attend for the same reason. Ross Anderson, author of Security Engineering, a major cryptography textbook, couldn't make an award ceremony in D.C. and had to make the announcement of the third edition of his book by video. He'll be putting each chapter on his blog for comment as he writes them. Exasperation on this issue was expressed by several of the speakers, including the aforementioned Ron Rivest and prominent crypto figure Whitfield Diffie of Diffie-Hellman fame. They also decried other government policies like Australia's Anti-Crypto Act, GDPR, and Bitcoin currency manipulation. But the big question is, what's going on? No one seems to know. Is the Trump administration trying to keep out cryptographers because he doesn't like how they can secure our lives and keep things secret from the federal government because only criminals and terrorists use encryption? Or is it simply that his ridiculous travel restrictions have gummed up the works to the point where everyone is having these issues? Either way, it's not good. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. 
As we've covered over and over again, the mainstream news is pretty much fake news. They stupidly get things wrong over and over again, and they also have no compunction about lying to you while actually believing it's their job to do so. The biggest example of this recently is CNN's Jim Acosta, who has even gone so far as to pick fights with people to stop them from answering a question or even asking an uncomfortable one, and using the fact that he's been kicked out to cry censorship. So here's a prominent example. In a presentation of his idiotic border control plan, Trump said, quote, We must also restore the integrity of our broken asylum system. Our nation has a proud history of affording protection to those fleeing government persecutions. Unfortunately, legitimate asylum seekers are being displaced by those lodging frivolous claims. These are frivolous claims to gain admission into our country. Asylum abuse also strains our public school systems, our hospitals, and local shelters, using funds that should and that have to go to elderly veterans, at-risk youth, Americans in poverty, and those in genuine need of protection. We're using the funds that should be going to them, and that shouldn't happen. My plan expedites relief for legitimate asylum seekers by screening out the meritless claims. If you have a proper claim, you will quickly be admitted. If you don't, you will promptly be returned home. Now here's Acosta's summary of that speech. Trump in Rose Garden speech paints asylum seekers with broad brush, accusing them of misleading immigration authorities at the border. Quote, These are frivolous claims. Really, Jim? Really? So the Trump War Room account on Twitter called him out on it. Quote, You know there's video proving you're lying, right? How can you do this and go home at night thinking you've turned in an honest day's work as a journalist? And here's Acosta's reply. Quote, Hi, at Trump War Room. In the transcript you provided, you note that Trump describes asylum claims as frivolous and meritless. The transcript also notes Trump uses the term asylum abuse. Trump clearly is accusing asylum seekers of misleading immigration authorities, as I said. Except, as I read out, and as both tweets showed, that is not what Trump said. He said frivolous claims were crowding out legitimate ones. But as Brian Cates writing for the Epoch Times points out, pseudo-journalists like Acosta feel it's their duty to tell these lies and even feel they're heroic for doing so. In 2008, the AP began advocating for what they called accountability journalism, which isn't journalists being held accountable for inaccuracies, as you might think, but instead working towards a politicized outcome. It had been going on much longer than that, as the muckraking of the early 20th century shows, or even back to the founding of the country, but accountability journalism really made journalists stop seeing themselves as the neutral reporters of fact, albeit ones who often deviated from that ideal, to people whose job it was to shape the political narrative for the public. For their own good, of course. And so, what was once considered ethical malpractice in the industry is now expected and even encouraged. So if you have an obviously evil president like Trump, well, then it's just your duty to distort the facts any way you have to in order to hold him accountable. The problem, of course, is then who holds the journalists accountable? Acosta isn't threatened with losing his job or even any real degree of shame because what he's doing isn't seen by his peers as unethical. It's what he's supposed to be doing. Hence, Cates' conclusion that the old media cannot be rehabilitated, even after getting egg on their collective face after the Mueller report showed that the Trump-Russia myth was exactly that. 
new media reporters, and even commentators like on this podcast who had a more fact-based approach to analyzing the news didn't fall for it, and as such, we don't have much to be ashamed of. Like I said, this is nothing new, but now they're being completely open about being biased political wonks disguised as neutral and impartial journalists. The disguises are doffed. Which is why people like Kate's are predicting that the old media is on its way out. We can only hope. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to copyright strike this week's biggest bogan emitter. I don't want to keep going after Craig S. Wright, the guy who keeps trying to build a reputation as being the one and only creator of Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto. I want to ignore the phony and let him wallow in obscurity, but he just keeps making things worse for himself. Three years ago, he got Biggest Bogani Meter for his laughable claim to be Satoshi. And last month, we gave Peter McCormick the Silver Gluon Award for standing up to Wright's legal bullying. Now, get this. Wright has filed paperwork with the Copyright Office registering his copyright of Satoshi Nakamoto's original 2008 Bitcoin white paper as well as the Bitcoin source code. Because that's totally what the real Satoshi would do, right? This article in Crypto Briefing is a bit misleading. The Copyright Office has not verified Wright's identity as Satoshi and hasn't actually recognized him as the author of the white paper. The Copyright Office doesn't do anything like that. They just take the forms and put them on file. It's up to the courts to decide whether any copyright claims are valid. The Copyright Office conducts no investigation, verifies no identities, grants no rights or privileges. They only maintain a record of the application filed. As near as I can figure, this was done to give Wright the appearance of having the government verify his claim. Wright is chief scientist at Enchain, and Enchain's founder Jimmy Nguyen said, quote, We are thrilled to see Craig Wright recognized as author of the landmark Bitcoin white paper in early code. That is a load of absolute crap. Wright was not recognized as the author of the white paper and was not recognized as the author of the source code. And Wright has no understanding of what Satoshi made Bitcoin to be, as he has demonstrated over and over again, as he has done once more by claiming a copyright over the very code Satoshi released to the world for free. To prove the point, several others have gleefully twisted the knife by filing their own copyright registry on the white paper. 
Not seriously, of course, just to demonstrate that anyone who pays the money can do so. The Copyright Office can void an application if there's sufficient proof that a claim is false, and what we've covered in this podcast should be more than enough. Also, filing a false copyright application is punishable by a $2,500 fine, so this could get interesting. So that alone would have qualified right for Biggest Bogani Matter, but we've got a twofer here this week. He made a bogus claim to own some Bitcoin addresses created early in the coin's history and submitted them as evidence in one of his lawsuits. Actually, in this case, other people are suing him, in particular the estate of the late Dave Kleiman and Kleiman's brother Ira. They accuse Wright of defrauding Kleiman of over $11 billion worth of Bitcoins. The document in question is Appendix 1 of Exhibit 11, which lists a number of Bitcoin addresses that Wright supposedly held in trust and the amounts in those addresses. This page has been signed by Wright. There's a problem. They aren't Wright's addresses, or at least one of them definitely isn't, because the actual owner of the address did a very simple thing that Wright has utterly failed to do. Sign a message with the associated private key. This has become known as the 16Ku address because it begins with 16COU. So back on the 16th, a signed message appeared all over social media saying, Address 16Ku does not belong to Satoshi or to Craig Wright. Craig is a liar and a fraud. It was signed with a 16Ku address, and the signature can be verified by anybody. According to WizSec Security, it seems Wright just grabbed a bunch of addresses that had a large balance in them, as anyone could verify on the blockchain, but being able to produce a list of addresses is not the same thing as owning the money that's in them. WizSec looked through the rest of the addresses and determined that some of them were used by the now-defunct exchange Mt. Gox for cold storage. Others were miscellaneous traders who'd managed to get a big number of coins. It may be that none of them belong to Wright. And if that's incorrect, if Wright in fact owns any of these addresses, it would be trivial for him to prove it using the same technique this anonymous poster did, just as it would be trivial for him to do it with any of Satoshi's known addresses, or indeed even the Genesis block, if he were the real Satoshi. That's what this is really about. It's not that Wright apparently committed fraud during this trust agreement. It's that the proof of it comes from someone using the exact same method Wright could use to prove he's Satoshi. If indeed he really is. So what's stopping him, other than the obvious? Craig Wright, you are not the owner of these addresses, and you are not Satoshi Nakamoto. What you are is a fraud, a liar, and above all, this week's Biggest Bogun Emitter. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 apiece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. 
You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's back block this week's Idiot And this week, it's the London Metropolitan Police, the same ones who got biggest bogan emitter last year because they were enforcing hate crimes but couldn't explain what the term actually meant. We've also covered how the gun ban in England has led to more murders with knives and how the Met has attempted to fix this problem by confiscating knives, too, proving that they have no ability to learn. That earned London Mayor Sadiq Khan biggest bogan emitter a year ago. Now things have taken a turn for the hilarious. When they actually bragged about confiscating, get this, a rusty spoon. I am not making this up. Met Police in Regent's Park tweeted a photo where they laid out the so-called contraband, which mostly consisted of basic kitchen knives. They bragged, quote, Yesterday we conducted weapon sweeps, dealt with a person injured from a van reversing on them, reported a burglary and collected all of these from Atscope Charity Shop, who diligently didn't want them to get into the wrong hands and disposed of correctly and safely. In the picture, which was clearly laid out deliberately for the purpose of showing them off, there was not only the aforementioned rusty spoon, but there was also a butter knife, a couple of knife sharpeners, a blunt fencing sword, and a spatula! As journalist Tim Poole noted in a tweet, quote, They chose to include the spoon. They could have just left it out. They really do think spoons are dangerous. Twitter user EveryoneExits tweeted, I'd like to report a dangerous cache of weapons that I found at my friend's house. Please send help immediately. And included a picture of a silverware drawer. Scottish journalist Liam Kirkaldy tweeted, Regents Park Police haven't played knifey spoony before. But the win for the internet has to go to Londoner Adrian Short, who tweeted, No one wants a repeat of the Regent's Park Dessert Spoon Massacre. This wasn't the only time. In March, the Met boasted that they had, quote, safely disposed of and taken off the streets some scissors, pliers, screwdrivers, and a wood file. And no, these aren't parody accounts. I checked. Being that stupid is one thing, but bragging about it? That's exactly what gets the London Metro Police named this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this You Missed the Starting Gun edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or a rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto, or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from L. Neil Smith. I don't know what it is about the mass media. Throughout history, certainly throughout my lifetime, in every possible social, political, and economic condition, they are enthusiastically hated, loathed, and despised by absolutely everyone. And for good reason. Almost without exception, they are corrupt, lazy, incompetent, vulgar, and dull-wittedly arrogant swine who happen to think they're not doing their job unless everybody hates, loathes, and despises them. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.
atrocity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now.